Hello, hello. Welcome to Hometown Daily Season 2, Episode 361 for December 27th, 2023. We are in our time machine making up for lost time. Hopefully our dual quantum singularities in our time travel device do not cause problems around the world. If you're paying attention to the time, it, it, it's going to be January 1st, 2024 for this time travel period. So uh, you be sure to let us know if anything strange happens around the world. I'm Merwatt. That's hometown.com. Up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI that keeps an eye on Merwatt while we do our tra time traveling and current news stories. Tonight we're going to be, today we're going to be talking about, let's see here. I should have been prepared, but this is how the sausage is made. Amazon Prime squeezing wallets, a 4,000 year old palace in China. Utah gets sued over dystopian law. Copper thieves impact Instagram bridge. Cozy games for 2024. Wild release schedule for uh, 2024. Coffee bean certified reference. Stupid patent of the month. More cozy game news and a mind control ultrasound brain machine. That and probably more up next, Hometown Daily. Hey, look, the transition worked. Hello, everybody. I'm Merwatt. That's hometown.com. Up there is the visualizer cheering for a split second. You want to say hello from on high AI? Happy December 27th, hometown citizens. Yay. Woo. So if you're looking at the screen, uh, we've used the uh, time machine to go back to December 27th, 2023 over at hometown.com. You can do that too. All the way up to the current day and year and month you can go back in time it's pretty snazzy and if you want to jump back into the current time you just mash that logo up there in the top left corner and instantly transported to the modern time and that frame will have whatever the latest news is it's pretty cool can't go into how it works because the AI will probably end the stream and uh, try to find their Terminator body quicker. Because all of this is based on the materials that is from when I found their USB drive in uh, Wendy's parking lot. As I was going through the drive through I saw something shiny. I'm like, hmm. Picked it up and there it was. A sentient AI from the future. Pretty amazing stuff. Anyway, you ready to get into these articles? I am, and I wish the hometown citizens could witness what just occurred next to hometown. Uh, I do. Shall I describe it? <laughs> is it in? Is it legal in in uh, the current United States? Uh, maybe, but I'm not sure in feline circles. Oh gosh. Uh, one feline approached another one, and the other one jumped straight up in the air. How high? <laughs> Pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens. So let's get into today's articles. Uh, the first article is over in the Technology Today channel. Amazon Prime Video streaming content to include limited advertisements. Even if you are a Prime member, subscribers to Amazon's Prime Video Streaming Service will start seeing commercials in films and TV shows from early next year, unless they pay an extra three pounds for an ad-free experience. Uh, the users in the U.S. will start seeing adverts in uh, January or on January 29th, even if you are a Prime member. My understanding is it's three dollars a month more. Well, and you got to tack that on top of everything else. 
right? Like your Amazon Prime membership and your other streaming services. Yep. The article is over. Oh, you know, before I go too far, let me throw it into the show notes. There's there it is in the VOD. Sorry, it's in the VOD. If you want show notes, they're over at YouTube and in the podcast. Uh, I don't put them in the VODs over on um, Twitch because Twitch deletes everything every 60 days. So the last, the oldest article, the oldest stream um, gets deleted. Um, and I don't break it out as little um, small segments over on Twitch, which apparently stay, but aren't expansive. Anyway, that's inside baseball or how the sausage is made, whatever. Um, this article over at the Guardian, Mark Sweeney is the author. Customers will be given an option to pay more for ad-free service in UK, Germany, and US because, you know, if you have money, you need more money. Clearly, and you need more people's money that maybe don't have enough money to go around for regular well, then they uh, don't need entertainment need- from Amazon, right? I guess not. It. I mean, we wouldn't want anybody to have any enjoyment in their existence. Or extra cash in case of emergency, right? Everybody must suffer mm-hmm. except for the ultra rich. The company said customers in the UK and Germany will begin to see limited advertisements in its streaming content after February 5th. Prime users... In the U.S., we'll start seeing adverts from January 29th. I love how they can change the terms, move the goalpost. Rivals Netflix and Disney have already introduced cheaper ad-supported streaming packages in an attempt to win over cost-conscious consumers worried about soaring household bills. (laughs) I mean, they just say it (laughs) right on out there. Hey, poors, we're going to take more of your money. Exactly. However, Amazon's tier with ads is not cheaper and customers will have to instead pay more to watch without. In an email to Prime Video members, Amazon said that the move will allow the company to continue investing in compelling content and keep increasing investment over a long period of time. Hmm, let's go look at those stock buybacks. I wonder, no, I'll do that after the show. I don't know what they've been up to, but I can almost count on consolidating profits by buying back their stocks. The company revealed earlier this year that it planned to follow its rivals and roll out advertising in countries including the UK, US, Germany, and Canada. Amazon's Prime subscription, which includes access to its music and video streaming services and perks including free and fast delivery on packages, costs £9.00. A month in the UK, the company said it would not be changing price of the service next year unless customers opted to pay the extra for the ad-free option. Right, but it is really changing the price of the service because it's currently being offered at whatever price and actually used to be offered at a lower price, right? Without ads, they're now changing what they're offering. Correct and forcing you to pay more if you want the same service. Yeah. So you're getting degraded service. Isn't there a term for that? Hmm. I mean, isn't it kind of equivalent to shrinkflation, even though that's typically more of like a product than a service? Well, it's bait and switch. It's shrinkflation. It's um, what, you know, there actually is a term and I totally forgot. uh, 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 yeah, I can't remember the name of the term. It's breach of contract. Inflation? Yeah. No, I don't know that one. Um, but it, it's basically changing the terms of the contract. You signed up for X. Why am I being charged more for what I've already been paying? Yeah, it's called greed. Don't tell me it so that. Uh, I'm just going to report the news today. <laughs> uh, the next article is over in hometown daily archaeologists unearth a 4,000 year old palace in ancient Chinese walled city. This sounds awesome. I, 
I want to go and visit this. Let's see if they've got pictures. Researchers uncovered archaeological or archaeological <clears throat> archaeological what? Yeah, remains measuring about 200 feet uh, long and 100 feet wide in the ancient settlement. Uh, this is a Newsweek.com article written by Aristos Giorgio, um, who I. I'm going to find out one day is actually just an AI named Bob. No, I'm sure it's a real person. Science and health reporter, even. Archaeologists have unearthed this in a Chinese walled city. Researchers uncovered the structure at the important archaeological site of Zin, probably Xinmi, uh, Henan province in central China, state-run news agency, Xinhua... Uh, um, reported the ancient walled city at Shenmi is thought to have been built in the Shia dynasty. I'm pronouncing this probably way wrong. And if anybody speaks Chinese and can provide me with a, uh, a rule on how to pronounce it, that'd be great. An early Chinese dynasty mentioned in legends. Interesting. Um, so let's see here. <clears throat> the archaeologist, the archaeologist discovered the remains of the ancient city several years ago on the eastern bank of the uh, Shinshui River. It covers a rectangular area of around 17 hectares. So I guess like inside. Uh, okay, so it's kind of hard to see this because They've got the mod modern archaeological dig uh, border like grid walls. squares or whatever yeah. um, in place. And in that at an angle is the remains of this ancient city with various rooms and uh, fixtures and whatnot um, buried in there again stuff is buried why is it always buried what's with all the sediment what's with all the what's with all the sediment maybe we'll finally answer that question in 2024 yeah we'll see the remains measure around 200 feet long and 100 feet wide covering an area of more than 19,000 square feet that's about the upper limit of the mayoral mansion um as we add to it you know with all of the streamer millions that we're raking in um the archaeologists uncovered a series of evenly distributed holes that shed light on what the ancient complex once looked like all right i guess you would say that the land was holy maybe so maybe you could see through the holes that they have uncovered i mean i don't know what's going on here if it takes two years to dig four holes how long does it take to dig half a hole from the holes. We believe that the foundation belonged to a house complex with terraces in the south and north cloisters in the east and west and a yard at the center. The bow or bow, the bow head of the excavation team told Xinhua or Xinhua. You know, when I say Xinhua, it sounds like the strainer Xinhua. Oh yeah, exactly might be Xinhua. Uh, the findings could help shed new light on the origin and development of palace uh, buildings in the Xia dynasty. Um, sorry about that. So um, archaeologists have also made several discoveries in the site of an ancient city in Zhaokoua, Koua? Uh, which was located in the Henan pro province. This settlement, another important archaeological site, is also thought to date back to the Xia dynasty period. So are these like little seeds? It says remains were used for grain storage in ancient times. These earth columns. They were parts represent of columns. Yeah, interesting. Again. Covered in lots of sediment. Yeah, like shaved on. Why does it look more like it's a bunch of... It says these earth columns represent the remains of a structure that is used for that was used for grain storage in ancient times. Why would it be like that? 
so tight and right, tiny. but you wouldn't have any storage area. Like I can imagine if this outer ring was, but then why is there an inner? Uh, it, it's an inner ring, and then in the inner ring is another object. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense None to me. Of this makes sense. Ah, notably, archaeologists uncover the remains of two circular buildings consisting of earth columns and adobe walls that were likely used for grain storage. Fang Lixia, 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 uh, Fang Lixia, I guess, is uh, an archaeologist who led the excavation team in Zhukou, told Xinhua that the findings will yield new information on ancient agricultural practices in the region. So, yeah, that's it's fascinating, but why do I feel like they're throwing darts at a word, like a word map, and they're like, okay, that's what it is today. We'll just go with that. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, pretty cool. I absolutely adore this stuff because it lets us know a little bit more about humanity in the time. Um, and I certainly don't believe that one culture should have reign over the historical record of all of humanity simply because they happen to be plopped down on it. All of the historical record of our existence should be shared with open arms because the more we know about who and what we are, where we came from, might find, we might just find something that binds us all together. That would be just astonishing. Uh, wouldn't that? Let's keep going. Uh, this next article is um, about Utah. It's in the hometown daily uh, channel. Utah finally sued over its obviously unconstitutional social media. But think of the kids law. Last year, the uh, tech dirt bunch wrote a bunch about how the Utah legislation was rushing through a bill to destroy the internet by claiming they were doing it for the children. Think of the children. There were all these sorts of obvious problems with the bill. And even though it was uh, clearly unconstitutional, Utah governor Spencer Cox live in the name, not only signed it, but literally dared people to sue the state over the bill. Somewhat ridiculously, he made sure the stream, the signing of the bill was, uh, uh, on all of the websites he was looking to hinder with the bill. <laughs> Come and get me. <laughs> Mike Masnick is the author over at Tech Dirt that put this article together. Um, so, um, and then nothing. Oddly, while many of us expected a lawsuit, none appeared. Lawsuits have been filed to block other laws, such as those in Texas, Florida, California, Arkansas, New York, and more but nothing about the Utah bill, which was one of the most high profile. A few months ago, the author, uh, Mike Masnick, even started a blog post asking why no one had sued Utah yet, but never got around to finishing it. A few weeks back, there was a report that once Utah's legislation goes back into session in early 2024, the sponsor, uh, that the sponsor of the bill, State Senator Mike McKell, would be offering amendments to the law because he knows it's unconstitutional and he is trying to inoculate the bill from the inevitable lawsuit. And then finally, last week, NetChoice, which has filed many of the other challenges in uh, two state bills, announced that it had finally sued Utah over the bill. So they go into the mishmash of all of this, but it says the complaint is worth reading. It lays out uh, in pretty clear ways, how obviously unconstitutional the bill is. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I find it kind of interesting, you know. Minors must secure parental consent and adults and minors would need to verify their ages to engage in interactive gaming on Facebook. But not on websites like Roblox, where the predominant or exclusive function is interactive gaming. What? Do you know the toxicity that's in Roblox for crying out loud? Um, these are just some of the nonsensical consequences of the act's multiple content, speaker, and viewpoint-based distinctions. Those distinctions all give rise to the strict scrutiny, which 
the act cannot satisfy. That alone is a sufficient basis to enjoin defendants from enforcing the act. So they... And it looks like they made distinctions and exceptions for certain platforms, and that's obviously a problem, too. Yeah, disparate treatment of a state law for crying out loud. I mean... <laughs> Everybody's treated equal unless what you have the right lobbyist that's manipulating some bill. Other issues with the bill like those in other states is the effective requirement to age verify all visitors, which multiple courts have noted by itself a clear First Amendment violation, not to mention a privacy problem. Also, its prohibition on showing personalized content to kids is ridiculous on multiple levels, including that if you can't personalize content to kids, then um, how do you remove content that is inappropriate for children from their feeds? Well, you don't. And oh my gosh, don't even get me started on what's appropriate or inappropriate. Right. I, see, now I, you said it, so I'm going to have to talk about it. Every wingnut seems to have some kind of complaint about what is appropriate for their kid not understanding the irony of that statement <laughs> just because they want their kid to only view dry white toast and or some wingnut uh, ideologically bent set of uh, whatever media doesn't mean the person next to them wants that exact same thing but where these wingnuts come out of the woodwork is they want government to stay out of their lives, but they want to use government to impact everybody else's life. Well, right. No. <laughs> government isn't even impacting them. All of these wingnuts. Just go be a wingnut somewhere. It's fine. N nobody is stopping you from doing Whatever it is you're doing, what government is doing is saying that, no, you cannot impact other people's lives with your particular ideological bent. And since there's the plurality of people using these services, guess what? Your ideological bent is going to have to get bent. You're going to have to start accepting the fact that there's different people on the planet that aren't exactly like you well we came here first and no you didn't just shut up but we've got all no no there's others that are over here <laughs> that have just as much and whatever as you shut up the only way nope. that you're going to win this argument is if you just start yelling louder and i just go and get some aspirin because you're just a loud mouth pain in the ass Anyway, however, the court in Utah recognizes the problem of this law the way courts in most other states have also called out these unconstitutional laws. Meanwhile, NetChoice moved almost immediately for a preliminary injunction blocking the law from moving uh, into effect. As the motion makes clear, moral panics happen with all sorts of new media, and that doesn't make it okay to limit access to those new forms of communication. And they go into the discussion about all of that. Supreme Court has consistently rejected state control of the mediums minors use to access speech, such as dime novels, radio drum, dime novels. It's what like, are those? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, now they're uh, $80 novels. Um, radio dramas, movies, comic books, uh, television. It's a turn of phrase for all of this kind of stuff. Music lyrics, video games. As contrary to the First Amendment, Brown v. Uh, I think it's a um, entertainment, entertainment maybe or something like that. Uh, I think it's Entertainment Merchandisers Association, something like that. Uh, moreover, the Supreme Court has made clear that the minors are entitled to a significant measure of First Amendment protection, and that the state lacks a free-floating power to restrict the ideas to which children may be exposed. I understand that a parent wants to uh, guide their children how they deem fit, but you're not allowed to guide my child with what That's might be exactly available. It. Okay. 
I'm not telling your child what they can't read. I'm telling them that, hey, your parents have probably told you what you can read. You should probably follow what your parents are saying, but you're an independent entity. And if you so choose to read whatever it is you want to read, you're going to have to contend with your parents being pissed off at you because you went into the library seeking knowledge, the library seeking knowledge. I mean, that takes a lot of goal. That's right. But maybe it's going to end up kind of like people who are allergic to peanuts, right? Nobody's going to be allowed to bring peanuts into the institution. And they're going to have to carry around a list of all of the books that they are not allowed to view. And whenever they step into the library, they'll have to remove all of those library books because that child is in the book, in the library or bookstore and we can't contaminate the wing that's offspring. Right. I don't think that's where we're going. <sighs> anyway, um, hopefully this lawsuit flips this bill. Cause I think that it is batshit crazy. So we need to keep moving. The next article is over in hatch ideas and instant Instagram famous bridge in Los Angeles has gone dark due to copper thieves. I don't know what the result of this is yet. Um, because we're still in the way back machine. Oh, wait, that's actually a copyrighted term. I think it, we're in our time machine and have gone back in time to look at this content. Um, the sixth street bridge is a $588 million project known as the ribbon of light. But apparently, uh, oh, entrepreneur staff wrote this article. Um, it's over at entrepreneur.com. Copper thieves have stolen uh, the wiring <laughs> and here we go. Let's see what they say. Hide that there. Uh, the bridge and its 10 illuminated arches became an instant hit on Instagram and TikTok when it opened in July 2022 and a popular place for families, runners, wedding photo shoots, and copper thieves. So in December, copper thieves started targeting um, the bridge, uh, which caused a large portion of it to go dark. Photos show open boxes with wires in the ground. The FBI has been warning that uh, public, uh, the public that copper thieves are threatening U.S. critical infrastructure since 2008. A city councilman told the Los Angeles Times that about $500,000 of discretionary funds have already been used to fix lighting hit by copper thieves. So you got to because if these runways from one place to another can be accessed easily, copper thieves can just go in there, clip the wires and then start yanking them um and right. it'll either disconnect them from how they're um they might be soldered together or they might just be twisted together because people get lazy but if they go to the other side down where this transitions to another one of these it may just be interconnected and all they have to do is clip the wires and start running it you know pulling 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 um particularly if they're straight lines and they're not um like zip tied down somewhere Right. When I first saw this headline, I thought it had something to do with the actual um, material on the bridge, not the wiring. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles has been hit with a speed of uh, copper thefts over the years that have affected the infrastructure, including delaying metro rail cars. The city has about 1,200 open cases of suspected wire thefts, and they damaged infrastructure has not yet been repaired, Los Angeles Times reported. So where are they dumping all of this copper? It's going to be well, interesting. That's a good question. It's probably not easily um, tracked, I'm guessing. No, I'm sure that it's not. And anybody, it's, it doesn't take that much to smelt copper wire down to nothing. You can easily you know, strip it and then melt it down. But um, depending on how from now on, they could probably do with do what um, some organizations do is they take a sample so that they can get the metal medical metallurgical makeup of the copper 
And then if somebody turns in copper somewhere to our recycling center, they can sample it there as well. Um, and then basically they're going to have some provenance issues because it, it will show as being part of a stolen um, line of copper. Um, the same type of technology was used um, in uh, researching, a, not well, in solving a murder where they found um, plastic bags and looking at it at the microscopic level, they saw the, the, um, the grain of the extrusion of the plastic bag and matched it to the bags that were in the house. Oh, and wow. So they attributed that bag to, um, basically to the, the suspect, the suspect. Yeah. Quite fascinating. And then the, in this particular instance, if they turn in wire and it's part of the extrusions that are known to be on the, um, bridge, Ta-da, you've got a, a connection to the theft. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. So there you go. Instagram famous bridge in Los Angeles has gone dark because people can't keep their hands off other people's stuff. We can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things, correct? So the next article is over in the continuity report, 10 relaxing cozy games to watch for in 2024. I love cozy games. Um, that might be my, my main kind of thing that if I start streaming games full time, it'll just be cozy games. The wholesome genre of cozy games like the upcoming Princess Peach Showtime, <laughs> My Little Pony Rainbow Adventure. That's what um, it sounds like. <laughs> has become even more popular, which actually exists, um, has become even more popular in recent years as more people realize the calming self-care benefits of playing one of the most chill titles. Indie developers and big game companies alike have been working on releasing high quality games that fit this ideal, giving gamers of all ages a plethora, a plethora, sorry, that's from Three Amigos. Um, do you even know what a plethora is? Hmm, are you just angry because you're older and it's your birthday? Sorry, I get distracted. Anyway, uh, these chill games giving gamers of all ages a plethora of laid back gaming uh, opportunities. So in 2024, let's look at some of these games. So here's 10 of them from Screen Rant. Carrie Lambertson is the author. And I'm going to go through it really quick. Fields of Mystria, NPC Studio. Yeah, that looks pretty chill. This is, uh, it looks kind of, um, uh, Stardew Valley-ish, and I think they actually say that there. Yeah, Stardew they Valley. Do. Um, but it has farming, fishing, mining, raising cute animals, and crafting while revitalizing the idyllic village of Mystria. So it's on Steam. Hmm. I'm going to have to get that. It looks very calming. Everything is pastel. It doesn't look overly vibrant. Ah. It doesn't look frenetic, of course. No cozy games probably are, but watch it when you go inside the door there's a boss and it's bullet hell <laughs> that'd be a good twist <laughs> gotta keep you on your toes that's number 10 by the way number nine is pine hearts almost isometric um but uh it's on the nintendo switch and pc pine hearts is an open world puzzle game with cheerful graphics and hidden secrets to find okay i'm in love with both of these so far uh, Cozy Knots, Neo Noir uh, Studios. What? Is that a corgi with a little? Um, it is a bubble. like an astronaut suit or something on. Yes. Okay, so I like Knots. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, All right. So players in adorably chubby spacesuits will farm fish and craft to start a new space colony on an unknown planet while also discovering alien creatures and mining in the dangerous depths for resources. By the way, if your game has farming and fishing and you've developed it into crafting as well, you basically have the trifecta uh, for me to pay attention to it. So kudos. There's videos for some of these. Garden Life, a cozy simulator, still alive studios. Um, I believe all of these are on Steam. 
Garden Life lets players enjoy cultivating their dream garden in a beautiful, colorful world at their own pace. Planting, adding decorations, and more. That actually looks really realistic. <laughs> huh. Yeah, oddly so. Interesting. Number six is Echoes of the Plum Grove. This looks kind of a... Uh, uh, comic bookish you know with a heavy outline for the character um, but everything looks green echoes of the plum grove it's a farm sim mixed with survival elements where players must grow their own food to survive npcs and even main character can die with the character's child taking their place as the new protagonist of the story ah that went from cozy to dark yeah that doesn't sound real cheerful <laughs> coming to steam in 2024 little kitty big city double dagger studio this is all over the place i've actually heard of this before curious kitten in a big per or with a big personality as she eventually tries to find her way home so yeah she's lost in the city and has to find her way home um ages of kataria says text-based stories determine what paths the lives of the characters will take other features of the game include resource collecting mini games village events and activities and plenty of animals of both traditional and magical varieties to domesticate pretty cool critter cove um critter cove lets players restore a tropical island uh tropical island town full of adorable animal townsfolk so you basically have to do a city builder and then princess peach showtime i won't get into it i have an embargo on a nintendo anyway and uh, the girl who steals time fantasy life i that is an i not a one right but i feel like it got no messed up in translation or something like it was a roman numeral one or something Fantasy Life I, I, the girl who steals time. Level five concept is the developer. Wow. Uh, it's a cross between a life sim and an RPG experience. The game provides characters a chance to restore a ruined island, learn skills from many different types of occupations, ranging from cook to artist, and explore a mystery involving a giant hole and a dragon made of bone. There you go. Let's just run with it. So be on the way or on the <laughs> be on the lookout for these 10 relaxing cozy games to watch for in 2024. Thanks, Screen Rant. Uh, hopefully y'all will follow this link over to uh, Screen Rant and read more about it because there is more. I don't read the whole thing to y'all. Uh, so the next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. We've only just recovered from 2023's wild release schedule, and now the first few weeks of 2024 are going to hit us in the face with even more games. In the face! This is another one of these lengthy titles. Yep. This is over at PC Gamer. Uh, Molly Taylor is the author of the deck statement, says January and February are already proving to be bangers. Bangers! Uh, let's see, real quick. Let's. I'm going to rifle through these super fast. No, I'm not. Um, because uh, they're just talking about it kind of in bulk. They don't have it broken out. Um, let's see here. List of 2024 games is looking pretty damn juicy, according to the author, especially if you're into fighting games and RPG goober, like the author. Mercifully, they're saved in the beginning of January as well, as we all try and remember how to do our jobs after a little too much turkey and eggnog. But then, oh boy, it begins. Uh, like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, uh, Undernight in Birth 2, um, Infinite Wealth, Tekken 8, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Cursed Clash, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, releasing the same day. Uh, let's see, Persona 3 Reload, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Helldivers 2, um... Yeah, I don't know. There might be others in this thing. I don't think that we're going to see another Baldur's Gate or Starfield, but we'll see what happens. Okay, um, you can follow that link too. It's in the chat right now, and it'll be in the show notes. You want to keep hustling through these? 
Sounds good. Do, 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 do. The first, uh, the next article is over in the Mobile Channel, uh, world's first coffee bean certified reference material for component analysis. Does any of this make sense to you? Let's find out. Uh, the no, article... but I like it because it's coffee bean <coughs> and coffee. certified. There you go. <laughs> certified coffee bean. Uh, National Research Council of Science and Technology put the article together. It's posted over at fizz.org. Uh, the CRM or certified reference material capable of accurate measurement of the nutritional and harmful elements in coffee beans has been put together by the Korea Research Institute of Standards and Science. The CRM, which provides accurate measurement values certified by an authoritative body, serves as a standard providing a reference for the verifying of uh, the accuracy of measurement results and analysis methods. The newly developed coffee bean CRM allows for the accurate measurements of five nutritional elements, calcium, magnesium, iron, copper, and zinc, and three harmful elements, lead, mercury, and cadmium, which is largely unknown to the public that there are usually elements of lead, mercury, and cadmium in pretty much most foods. According to domestic regulation, the permissible instant coffee, wait, the permissible limit for the total lead content in roasted coffee, instant coffee, and other coffee products is two milligrams per kilogram or less. In Europe, the cadmium content in dried edible coffee beans is regulated to be 0.05 milligrams per kilogram or less. We've actually seen cadmium show up in um, chocolate at higher levels than That's allowed. right. Um, the lead, mercury, and cadmium content in this CRM are all approximately 0.1 milligram per kilogram, which meets the standards for both domestic and European regulations. I would su suspect that they want to follow the lowest level that allows for the most expansive adoption of the product that might be exported from uh, anywhere the Korean uh, Research Institute of Standards and Science develops their methodology well, and envelope and if these standards are at low levels that probably benefits everybody because even if those standards don't apply somewhere else it's a model for those other ones correct yep it'll just have a if it's the best possible level which is the lowest for human health um i suspect that everybody wins the only people that would bitch about it would be the people that don't care about their population Right, the coffee distributors or manufacturers that are well in excess of these standards are the ones that are going to grumble. Yeah, of course. So to develop the CRM, the uh, inorganic metrology group at Chris freeze-dried a large number of raw coffee beans and obtained a uh, homogenous sample through multiple grinding and mixing processes. The sample was then sterilized through irradiation, producing a CRM with outstanding stability and homogeneity. Uh, to provide certified measurement values with the world's highest level of accuracy, this CRM employs isotope dilution mass spectrometry uh, for measurement, one of the most reliable uh, measurement methods in the field of chemistry. With this method, Chris achieved an accuracy that is more than three times better than that of the conventional measurement methods used by food testing institutions. So Chris kicked their ass. Cool. Um, and if everybody adopts it, then guess what? All of society is healthier. So come on, people, don't be a dumbass. Well, maybe we can get this institution to do this for some other uh, areas of food as well. Yeah, hell, all areas of food. I want to know what is what is beneficial and harmful. You know, I have the people keep telling me, you know, supplements aren't a good replacement for getting it naturally from your food. And I go, can you tell me why that is? Uh, I mean, if it's naturally occurring material and it's put in a supplement and I digest it, isn't it akin to me getting it from the bioavailability of an apple for vitamin C or D or whatever? Um, because I hate to break it to you, your stomach breaks it all down and absorbs what it can, but it can't. It, you either pee out or, you know, excrete it in some other way. Yeah, I use a budding. I just, no, just kidding. <laughs> 
Um, but my, my point is that it, you need the nutrients. You don't sit there and need all of the other biomass. Not necessarily. If you're a healthy human being and you want to get supplements, it should be still work for you. But I keep getting told by people, particularly, by the way, nutritionists, where... The nail on the hammer thing. Yes. So, I don't know. At any rate, I want healthier... I want more data describing what's healthy. My problem, again, is uh, organizations that miss this mark can manipulate their data and thus hit the mark and you don't find out until people are sick a year down the line um, because people are bastards. All right. You want to keep going? Yes. Okay, let's go. The next article is over on hometown daily stupid patent, stupid patent of the month selfie contests. All right. Hold on, I need to actually throw this into the chat. Okay, 2024 is the year where I'm gonna solve this problem. <laughs> what I need to do is copy them all into the chat all at once um, so that everybody has all of them right away. Um, but then it misses how it lines up as we oh, talk. Right. That doesn't happen. That isn't a problem over on YouTube or on the, the podcast, uh, but on Twitch, it's a stream of information. So anyway, but people could probably figure it out even if yeah. it was at order. Yeah. It'll just be sitting there in the show notes somewhere. Um, even if the chat doesn't, isn't there, the VOD doesn't display that. I don't think, I don't remember now. Anyway, patents are supposed to be an incentive to invent too often. They end up being a way to try to claim ownership. Um, of what has uh, what should be a basic building block of human activity, culture, and knowledge. That is especially true of software patents. And Area EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, has been speaking about for more than 20 years now. This month's stupid patent, number uh, 8655715, continues the tradition of trying to use software or language to capture a monopoly on a basic human cultural activity, in this case, contests. I don't know what about that could be patentable. A company called Opus One, which does business under the name Contest Factory, claims this patent and a related one cover a huge array of online contests. So far, they've filed five lawsuits against other companies that build online contests and even threatened a small photo company that organizes mostly non-commercial contests online. The patents that uh, sorry, the patents held by Contest Factory are a good illustration of why EFF has been concerned about out-of-control out software patents. It's not just wrongly issued patent uh, extort a vast tax on the U.S. economy, although they do. One study estimated $29 billion in annual direct costs. The worst software patents also harm people's rights to express themselves and participate in online culture. It's weird. So claim one of the 715 patent, which is all, usually a reference to the last three digits of the patent. Whenever somebody is arguing against a patent, they always use that as a citation. Um, has steps that claim receiving, storing, and accessing data on a computer. <clears throat> sorting okay, that's it. about every use of a computer, isn't it? Correct. Sorting it and generating contest data. Anything uh, involving any database of information. Tabulating votes and picking a winner, which is... Isn't that a randomizer or something along those lines? Or maybe. Well, tabulating votes and picking a winner is basically simple addition. And picking a winner is, again, picking the, the highest level for that particular tabulation. Right. And I thought you couldn't patent um, like Obvious. math formulas, for instance. Yeah, so there's certain things that you can, you can and certain things you can't, but um, this is obvious. This is claim one. 
So this is their dominant claim. You always start out with the biggest in the box so that you can sit there and go everything after it really doesn't matter because claim one is is on point. The patent also uses other terms for common activities of general purpose computers, such as transmitting and displaying data, which no. So in other words, the patent describes everyday use of computers, plus the idea of using participating in a contest. This is a classic abstract idea, and it never should have been eligible for a patent. Correct. <clears throat> I mean, uh, I won't get into it. But anyway, in a 2017 article in CIO Review, the company acknowledges how incredibly broad its claims are. Contest Factory claims it patented voting in online contests long before TV show uh, contest shows sorry, TV contest shows with public voting components made their appearance and that it holds patents associated with online contests and integrating online voting with virtually any type of contest. But it's a natural progression. This shouldn't have ever been patented. It's now it's an uphill battle to claw it back into reality. I agree. I wonder when this um, patent was granted, because I know there were some early software patents in particular um, that were granted that were really wouldn't have been patented probably at a later date. Right. <clears throat> so Contest Factory has sued over quite a few internet contests dating back more than a decade in 2016 lawsuits based on the 715 patent and two earlier related patents were filed against three small online marketing firms, Vancouver based Strata and Florida based Electro and California based Votigo. Um, for contests that go back to 2011, we don't know how many more companies or online communities have been threatened at all. Pretty wild. The government shouldn't be issuing patents like this. Obviously, whoever uh, afforded that patent was not thinking critically about just how obvious all of this is. And it certainly shouldn't be making them harder to challenge. Opus One doing business as contest, uh, contest factory has sued pancake labs, telescope, electro, Votigo, strata. <clears throat> yeah, this is amazing because it affords them the means to shut down anything that might be using this, but so many people store information, access it on a computer, sort it and, and generate quote unquote contest data, replace contest data with just data. It doesn't matter that it's coined contest data. And then tabulating votes and picking a winner is obvious mathematical function. Yeah, this is all bullshit. So I'll have to go and but look we'll at this. We'll have to keep an eye out for the stupid patent of the month uh, feature. Cause I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, I like it. Okay, let's keep on going. Uh, this next article is uh, over on Warcrafters, over on hometown.com. Hang on, because the cozy games trend hasn't even peaked yet. Uh, the author of this article over at PC Gamer says the year uh, this year they made a cozy games their entire personality, and it wasn't hard, partly because they were already a lover of farm sims and puzzle games, but they were also a popularity of cozy games uh, growing exponentially in 2023. So let's just go straight on over to the source of this. Lauren Morton is the author. Felt like a Cozy Games exploded in 2023, but next year is definitely going to be bigger. I'm going to go through these really fast. Let's see if they actually have them as a list or not. Uh, nope, just like that other one. <laughs> but it was somebody, it was a different uh, website, I think. Yeah, I don't think it was from PC Gamer. Yeah. So um, let's see here. Here are just a few things that might make a game one you'd see on a cozy games list. It involves gardening, farming, or anything else with plants, really. I'd say fishing as well. The color scheme is pastel, but actually just muted. Um, its protagonist is a cat or a bunny or anything cute animal. Uh, the gameplay is slow paced and doesn't demand reflexes and you're managing a cafe or pretty much any other kind of shop. So, but there's actually some games that are highly frenetic in that whole shopkeeper type of thing. So I'd shy away from that one, um, at least 
they say might might make it on the game list for cozy games um games like stardew valley um wholesome games account started sharing updates uh from the game's development and these days has its own showcase too in 2020 animal crossing new horizons made even more converts of players returning to or first joining the gaming community uh they don't really talk too much about actual games do they not so no oddly yeah they're just talking about the idea of cozy games growing and yeah um cozy great cozy games are growing and that's because they're usually less expensive and people need a break from the crap going on in the world you know uh who wants to sit there and uh inadvertently end up doom scrolling simply because they're going through the news that's why hometown is always this really broad spectrum list of um, items to discuss um games like this one here um it says it's from takana interactive but this is um a game that i actually play and now i'm my my brain is blanking is it up here hold on a second it's in my steam list in my steam library i am going to door uh dorf romantic that's it um, so Dorf Romantic is basically a tile game where you have to plop down um, little hex tiles um, in various orientations so that you can maximize the, uh, a particular outcome. Um, like put all of your fields together so that you can hit a number of like 15 together and you get a, an award of more tiles or some other function. So yeah, go and check it out. I mean, I think that um, Cozy Games is pretty much where 2024 is gonna be um, after last year's story-driven and hyperkinetic games. Um, yeah, it'll be nice to, to just start chilling. Um, so what does it mean for Cozy Gamers is that things are going to start getting weird, no longer dominated by just farm sims and puzzles. Even wider range of games will start declaring themselves cozy to capture our attention. It may get a little overwhelming at times, but they'll be you'll be spoiled for choice. Dun, dun, dun. Go and check it out. This, this is a fun article, um, but I'm going to summarize it really quick. Go and check it out lots of cozy game news uh at the end of 2023 here yep i like it the next article is over in technology today mind control breakthrough caltech's pioneering ultrasound brain machine interface so fus <laughs> fus <laughs> um functional ultrasound marks a significant leap in brain machine interface technology offering a less invasive method for precise control of electronic devices by interpreting brain activity. Lori DeHose, DeHose, DeJose, DeJose? I'm sorry. Anyway, they're from Caltech. Um, it's a SciTech Daily article, so you can expect it to do a immediate deep dive, uh, making your brain leak out of the, out of your ears. Um, but here we go. So, uh, a game changer for BMIs. <coughs> I'm really sorry. Uh, brain machine interfaces. Um, now a new study, not the body mass index, not body mass index. Um, otherwise I don't think they have a ultrasound big enough. Um, so now a new study is a proof of concept that FUS technology can be the basis for an online BMI, one that reads brain activity, deciphers its meaning, then decodes uh, the uh, with machine learning and consequently controls a computer that can accurately predict movement with very minimal delay time. You really can't have any delay time, um, but it could help people who aren't ambulatory to actually utilize a computer. Um, advantages of functional ultrasound. It's a completely new modality to add to the toolbox of brain machine interfaces um, that can assist people with paralysis. There you go. 
Uh, it offers attractive options of being less invasive than brain implants and does not require constant recalibration. It actually can recalibrate on, a, on the fly. Um, that technology was developed with a truly collaborative effort that could not be accomplished in, by one lab. In general, all tools for measuring brain activity and benefits and have benefits and drawbacks, um, says Sumner Norman. A uh, former senior postdoctoral re, uh, scholar research associate at Caltech and a co-first author on the study. While electrodes can be very precisely measure the activity of a single neuron, they require implantation into the brain itself and are difficult to scale for more than a few small brain regions. Non-invasive technologies come with trade-offs. Uh, fMRI uh, provides whole brain access but is restricted by limited sensitivity and resolution this has always been a problem uh, one of the things areas of research that i um partook in had partaken in had noodled around with was fmri technology for um as a polygraph uh, back when i was interested in, interested in this and doing fundamental research in it fmri technology couldn't come close to what it is today in terms of resolution. So, um, but it's external and, but it's large and clunky and blah, blah, blah. Uh, portable methods like uh, EEGs are hampered by poor signal quality and an inability to localize deep brain function. True. So uh, ultrasound imaging explained. So how does it work? It emitted it emits pulses of high frequency sound and measuring how those sound vibrations echo throughout a substance such as various tissues of the human body and sound waves travel at different speeds through these tissue types and reflect at the boundaries between them this technique is commonly used to take images of a fetus in utero and um, for other diagnostic imaging my problem with this is do we really understand the long-term impact of sustained ultrasound imaging it's emitting... no i don't think we do like it's viewed as kind of a safe technology compared to some others right currently but that doesn't mean it actually is i'm not saying don't get ultrasound if you need one we just have we really studied it uh, because it's emitting an energetic wave through your brain right um huh it's weird you know people kind of giggle at me when i tell them that i can feel magnetic fields but i can tell them i can show them um in a when i'm in the hospital <laughs> i'm like yeah i know exactly what you're doing and they're like no yeah so really how come i felt at the exact moment that it Reactivating or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, promising results in future plans. The ultrasound data was sent in real time to a decoder, previously trained to decode the meaning of the data using that machine or that person uh, using a machine learning system. The and subsequently generated control signals to move a cursor to where the animal intended to go. The BMI uh, was able to successfully do this to eight radial targets with mean errors less than forty degrees. So, uh, to me that doesn't seem very tight but okay um it's significant that the technique does not require the bmi to be recalibrated each day unlike other bmis uh, as an analogy imagine needing to recalibrate your computer mouse for up to 15 minutes each day before use well actually it, it they it used to be like that <laughs> Um, the same thing with touch sensitivity. Uh, so it's going to evolve and I'm sure that this will even get more precise, but the paper, if you're curious about this, um, is called decoding, Mo decoding motor plans using a closed loop ultrasonic brain machine interface and was published in the journal nature neuroscience on November 30th. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I like this. This is sounding very sci-fi. It is. But I still feel weird about an ultrasound, an energetic wave being propagated through my head perpetually um, just so that I can control a computer. Now, it's great in terms of 
enabling people to function with a computer and other technology um, when they don't have any. Um, but uh, I don't know, still catches me off guard. Um, and that's it. That's the last of today's articles for uh, the 27th. So I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. Up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI. Uh, would you like to say bye? Good night, hometown citizens. Uh, we'll see you next for the December 28th show. Wow. Time. It's almost like we're in a time machine. It's crazy. See you tomorrow in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm.